Welcome to Table 86, a podcast centered on creatives of color who are transforming the landscape of the food and beverage industry. I'm your host, Geo Darwin. Let's take a seat. If you're anything like me, this time of social distancing has made you a bit stir crazy and anxious, which has inevitably led to some less than healthy eating habits. That's why I thought it timely to bring on my friend, Marsha Hoffman. Marsha is a registered dietitian and blogger based in New York. In this special episode, Marsha and I take a deep dive on what it means to stay healthy and always during this time, as she takes me through some tips and tricks she's learned throughout her career. And though very simple, Marsha bestows a gentle reminder that during this time of uncertainty, we must remember to be kind to ourselves. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? My name's Marsha or Summer. I'm a New York City-based registered dietitian nutritionist, <laughs> Asian American. Um, so I have a, a travel food lifestyle blog, Do You Salute? And yeah, I just, I love food. I love culture. <laughs> I love traveling. So if you get me talking about any of these things, I could go on for hours and days. So you also have something exciting as you just got married, correct? I did. Yes. Yes. I'm a newlywed. Oh, and when was the big day? Uh, September. We did two ceremonies. So legally, we got married on my birthday uh, a year and a half ago. And then our church ceremony was September 20th of last year. Just over six months. How's married life been? Um, it's going, <laughs> it's being tested now that, that we're being quarantined, <laughs> but, um, it's going good. I, we, we live in harmony, I guess. So it's, it's not really that much different from before we were married. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Very harmonious couple. So <laughs> I know a lot of people ask, how has it been different? And I'm like, it's not that much different. No, you know, when I got married, I got asked that question a lot as well. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to believe we're coming up on two years, but, um, you know, I will say that this social distancing and quarantining is, it, it will try any relationship. That might be a friendship, that might be a roommate situation, but oh, um, yeah. <laughs> definitely marriage falls under that too. <laughs> yeah, especially because I'm normally a homebody. Like I, I love exploring, but I love also being at home where he loves to be outside. He loves to be social. He loves like touching people like he's a very handsy person so it's kind of like challenging for him to like have to like deal with all of this not being being outside yeah Yeah. as a couple you're both registered dietitians correct yeah we are so can you tell me a little bit about what that means so I've heard nutritionist I've heard dietitian what is a registered dietitian and how do you get into it I'll start off with what a nutritionist is um so anyone who kind of like likes food or whatnot can say they're a nutritionist that name or title isn't um, regulated. Whereas in the United States, registered dietitian is a regulated uh, term. So you have to be credentialed um, or licensed depending on what state you're in, um, in order to be in order to use this, this word or this title. And um, basically, a nutritionist can talk to you about food and nutrition to be healthy in general. Whereas a register, they're not allowed to talk to you, or legally, they're not allowed to talk to you disease specific. Whereas okay. a registered dietitian, that's their primary focus most of the time is disease 
specific nutrition therapy. I know we, we've talked a little bit before and, you know, just a disclaimer, uh, Marsha and I met at the Black Food Bloggers Retreat last year. And yeah. um, I thought, she'd, woo, woo, I thought yeah, <laughs> it'd be great to have on, on the show. And I know we've talked before and uh, that therapy piece is big, right? Like, I know I've talked to friends who've said it's about changing your relationship with food, which is also very mental. I imagine disease adds another layer to that. Is that how it works with you? So depending on what avenue of the dietetics field you're in. So depend if you're in inpatient, which is more like if a person is in the hospital and um, for a, a long amount of time and they're seeing a dietitian, that's just kind of treating their whatever is going on with them at that moment. So there's not really that much therapy per se, but more in an outpatient clinic avenue, that's more of when you speak to the person about what the disease or condition they're living with means to them and how can we manage it or correct it through food. So that's really interesting to me because one, I didn't know all of this, but um, two, I think that especially in black and brown communities, like I know my grandparents have had some health issues um, that has impacted how they have to eat in their diet. Do you see that a lot? Yeah, absolutely. So like when we were studying in school, when you read the statistics and stuff, the majority of disease conditions like high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, they're mostly affecting communities of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's most, it's lots of different things that play a role in this. It's uh, socioeconomic status, cultural barriers, and society, um, what's available to us. So all of these things play a role in a person's um, predisposition to health conditions yep. or how they deal with their health conditions. So some cultures, like diabetes isn't a term, you know, there it's known as the sugars or something. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I've definitely kind of, heard that term before. <laughs> yeah. So you can ask a patient in the office, like, oh, do you have diabetes? They'll tell you no, but their blood sugar levels are through the roof. And then it's like, what do you, I look at and I'm like, you know, yes, you do have diabetes, <laughs> but they know it as the sugars. Or same thing with like high blood pressure versus hypertension. So mm. it's more, sometimes it's um, trying to, get people to understand what does this disease mean to them or this condition means and then how can we adjust or treat it or manage it with food so a lot of times it's just you know cultural i there's nothing wrong or i just drink a ginger shot and that will help cure Mm. whatever the issue is and stuff so that, I guess, begs an interesting question for me, uh, especially, I probably say this every show, that my husband is Jamaican, and mm-hmm. um, I know you're also of West Indian descent. You mentioned yeah. that you're Haitian American. Especially being in a place like New York, I'm sure you see a wide array of, of Blackness and brownness, right? Like, you have people from all over the world there. Do you see any common themes in terms of how we eat, um, either healthy or unhealthy, uh, across the African diaspora? Actually, in my where I work and most of my jobs, it's probably predominantly Latin American, well, Latino. So in the job that I'm at right now, it's more Latin America versus the other job it was more South America. Um, but it's all pretty much the same. It's usually you eat rice and beans, maybe a vegetable, um, and then a meat as the primary source. And then sometimes there's the issue of juicing. Um, but not in a healthy way. So mm. those are the most things that I see. 
so you work from home. Um, so I imagine most of your therapy um, is on the phone or, or via video chat. Yeah. So this is, I'm working from home just now because of the whole COVID situation. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Before, th- before this pre Corona, I worked in a, a bariatric office. Um, so that's for people who are interested in weight loss surgery. Okay. In their clin in the clinic there. So I do, um, I work with people before they, they're, they do surgery, so we like to call this the workup process. Okay. And then mm-hmm. I work with them after surgery as well to help them continue the lifestyle change that you have to do um, because of this surgery. And so I imagine that there's like a, quite a bit of scaffolding with that. From like a high level, how does a session go? Like, do they come to you and talk to you about like these are their eating habits now, and then you work with them to build a plan, or is I'm sure there's another number of other psychological mental things that come into play as well. Yeah. So for how um, my team does it, you have to participate in a nutrition education class before you sit with me and do your consultation. I'm very strict about this because I need you to understand like the basics of nutrition. So that way, when we sit in our one-on-one consultation, we get right into the nitty gritty. From there, we end up talking to people about different things, about what's going on in their lives. What kind of work do you do? How many children you have at home? Who mm-hmm. do you live with? What's your relationship like with the people that you live with? Um, what's your relationship like with the people you work with? Um, does anyone know that you're planning on doing this? Um, how do they feel about this? Because all of these things play a role in how successful a person can be. So if a person doesn't have support or I have one mm-hmm. patient and it's a very tricky situation where I really didn't even talk to her about food at the session, really stressed the importance of her to go to therapy. So she had one procedure a couple of years ago when her husband was away. Um, he's in some type of military. So she did this behind his back. Mm. Um, and then now she wants to do the second half of the procedure. And now she told him, but he's like, well, you don't need to lose weight. You're fine the way you are. I see. So she doesn't have that support. And she's like, I feel frustrated and overwhelmed because I have to do all of these things and I really want to do it, but I can't. And Mm -hmm. that's when it's not, this is something that's, it's not me. I can't do this. I'm not a therapist. So I have to like, you know, these are the nutrition stuff. I know, you know what you're supposed to do what can we do to get you to therapy so you can develop techniques to speak to your husband so that you can actually practice the things we're talking about. And that, that's like the, one of my biggest challenges um, at work, trying to get people to realize that Mm. it's not just about the food that you're eating. It's also, you you need, you need therapy. Yeah. It's like a three legged stool, if you will. And I I learned this like from therapy myself, like uh, if you want to lose weight, right. It's, not just eating right it's it's eating right it's uh regular exercise and it's having support and accountability um all those three things and you can take over the world in theory right yeah in theory (laughs) um and even then there's there's other factors that come into play that can make it difficult like i don't mean to oversimplify it but you know um you you have to like give yourself a fighting chance yeah definitely and so I'm interested in a little more about what the basics of nutrition look like uh, for your patients, because I think that that would probably be good advice for anybody. Yeah. So the biggest thing is like we focus on 
um, the quality of what you're eating. So always thinking to yourself, what is this food providing me? So mm-hmm. is this food going to nourish you? Are you going to feel satisfied? Is it giving you nutrients? Like, am I getting the most out of this? Got it. I, I think about where we're at right now um, in the midst of COVID-19, uh, where people are spending a lot of time at home. Um, and a lot more times we talked about a little bit earlier, but a lot more time with their family. Um, also, there's stressors from work. There's pressure with the economy. You know, I think that that sometimes breeds poor behaviors with food. And maybe that's not the word, but breeds different behaviors with food that um, oh, yeah. we might feel guilty about or, or we might regret. I know I certainly have that. Um, have you seen that like in some of your work? Um, yeah, even, even with myself. (laughs) Yeah, like the first, the first week of quarantine, I was just stress eating, like madness. And sometimes that goes to show that it's not only about knowledge, sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, what you're supposed to be doing is just actually doing it. So I just find that it's important to be kind to yourself. That's the biggest thing. And it's not be kind with to yourself and taking it and running with it and saying, I can eat all these things. I know I'm not supposed to because I'm treating myself. But it's really listening to your body and paying attention to if I eat this food, I'm going to feel guilty about it. What it can I replace or what food can I eat that's going to help nourish me? And also acknowledge, am I really hungry or am I eating this because I need something to do? I don't want to do this phone call. I don't want to do this food. Mm-hmm. And then if it's, no, I really am hungry, then you eat a food to nourish you. Exactly. And I mean, you talked a little bit about it. And some, some of it's shift, shifting your energy, right? Absolutely. So again, I've been eating poorly during this time. So like, this is even helpful for me, but like thinking about what are you putting your energy into? For example, if there's been instances where I've been hungry, where then I'm like, you know, instead of grabbing what's closest to me, I'm actually going to put my energy into making something healthy. And it takes my mind off some t- of, of it sometimes. It, it um, channels that energy into a different space. It gets my head moving in a different direction. And, and I know that that has helped me to make some healthier choices. Um, I'm still a work in progress, but... <laughs> <laughs> we all are. <laughs> <laughs> but um, those are just a few things that I do. Are there any things, other things that you recommend like while we're sitting at home? And for a lot of people, it's indefinitely, we just don't know what we can do. Yeah, I think um, it's also a give and take. So I've, I'll like share my personal. I was, I, I was finding that I was com- craving comfort foods of my childhood, which may not necessarily be the healthiest. So growing up, I used to eat hot dogs. Like that was like the thing mm-hmm. when I was like little. <laughs> and if you, before COVID, if you ask me, I do not eat hot dogs. I think it's disgusting. But then being trapped at home, it's something that's cheap. You can buy, you'll have lots of it and stuff. So I found myself really craving hot Mm. dogs. So instead of having like hot dog with a bread, what I did was I had my hot dog boiled and I paired it with arugula salad. So I took something that's maybe not so great or, you know, a little questionable. Uh, So in nutrition, sometimes we like to do um, the traffic signs. So green light is like food that are really good that you can have lots of yellow light is like food that you should be doing in moderation it's better you know try not to eat often and mm-hmm. red light foods are foods you really want to eat sparingly or just you know just don't eat so for me i would consider a hot dog more like a yellow yellowish food 
Mm. But I paired it with something green, which was the arugula and tomatoes to help make it balanced. So I always okay. tell people, try to find like, if you, you got to listen to yourself, right? So if you're really craving it and you know, you, whatever you eat, it's not going to kind of like help. It's not going to cure the craving. Then just make sure you do something to kind of make up for it. And that all of sense. this, of course, depends on a person's health condition too. So, so what I would counsel like a person who's generally healthy and just wants to eat healthy or weight loss um, is absolutely different for a person who has diabetes or who has um, bariatric surgery or something else. So not everything is not for everyone. That's absolutely. Like, uh, something to, to keep in mind as well. And you mentioned it earlier, you know, um, while we're talking about eating healthy and making better choices, there are also things that you can do mentally and psychologically that help as well um, manage that relationship with food, especially while we're at home, the anxious eating, the, you know, just mindless eating, those type of things. Are there any things that you've seen have worked for your um, patients or people that you counsel? Yeah. So I would, first thing is, you know, you can put a timer for three minutes mm. and, and wait and see, come back to it. Did you really need it? Um, having a cup of water, going for a walk, taking deep breath, um, just journaling, acknowledging um, that what you're going through, you know, taking a moment to step away from the situation. So if you're mm. in the kitchen, then just step out of the kitchen and think to yourself, do I really want this? You know, run through those questions. And then if you do want it, then go back to, go back. You know, sometimes you have to be kind to yourself. Again, mm -hmm. if you're really craving this hot dog at that moment and then go for else, it. <laughs> yeah. And then disclaimer again, it depends on each person's health condition or whatnot, but enjoy your hot dog, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Life's too short, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, of course it all depends. And each, and as we were talking um, before, each dietitian has their own philosophy. So it all mm -hmm. depends on who, who you're seeing, what dietitian you're seeing and what's their philosophy. And also if that um, philosophy works for you, right? Exactly. Um, some people need the regimen and they need the structure. They need someone to tell mm -hmm. them, no, this is what you can eat. This is what you cannot eat. And there's no and ifs or buts about it. So if that is what works for them, then that's, either I can try to be that dietitian for them or they need to find a dietitian who's, um, who can serve them in that way. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes that's like taking a, um, taking stock and assessment of yourself, right? Like, yeah. Oh, what are my triggers? What are, you know, the things that make me want to eat poorly? Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, but also like, behaviorally what works for me and what has worked in the past. Um, yeah. which I think you said that you asked some of those questions in, in the initial. Um, yeah. And I also asked too, um, like why, why is it that you want this thing in particular? Mm. So like I have patients who say, I really love soda and I'm like, well, what is it about soda? Is it the fizz, the bubbles, or is it that sweetness, that flavor mm. that then if it's, you know, I really, it's just, you know, every, I grew up, Every day after lunch, we had a can of Coke. So then we'll dress it that way. Or it's, you know, I just really like the fizz. Then, okay, let's do flavored seltzer water or something. Exactly. Like mm. So it's kind of like figuring out why is it that you're craving whatever it is that you're craving. And then let's figure out how we can give you a healthier alternative. 
Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's funny, I not to get uh, geeky, but I'm getting my doctorate right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm right now um, in a class about games and simulations. And uh, one thing that they talked about was the episodic memory, and how we have these episodes in our, our lives, even that can bring certain memories to us. And I think about that a lot uh, when I think about my own personal triggers from a mental health perspective, but also when I think about food, like, yeah, why do I, I love ice cream um, and even I'll make ice cream sundaes, right? But mm-hmm. that's because that's something that my dad did for me, right? And he's still with us, but like, that's just, it's nostalgic for me. Um, and I, could, I can analyze that and, and maybe make better choices around it. Yeah, definitely. Um, So when you think about like who you are or essence, food is so tied into our culture and who we are. So of course, our memories and things are going to be related to it. So that's why I think it's so hard, like getting your wrapping around the concept of healthy eating or weight management in general can be so hard because where other bad or not so great habits, you don't need it to sustain you to be alive, you need food to be in order to survive. So like if someone has a bad habit, like drugs or alcohol or cigarettes or something like that, you're able to you don't need any of these things in Mm -hmm. order to survive. So if you picked it up for whatever reason, you can always not that it will be easy, but you can take it out and you will still be alive. Whereas food, which is so tied to our culture, our identity, who we are, everything, it's very hard to separate that because at the end of the day, if you don't eat food, you will die. Exactly, exactly. And that's a good point. I don't know that I've ever thought about it like that before, but that's definitely, it definitely resonates with me. Yeah. So we've definitely talked about this um, before, but like, I know one of the ways that... um, I shift my energy and I believe you do as as well is like working on other projects and you and you've told me about two that I found interesting but the first I want to talk about is your blog so tell us a little bit about your blog and the types of things that you do for that okay (laughs) so I originally started salute nutrition as um well it transitioned multiple names so salute nutrition is my food and nutrition culture blog and I started this when I was studying to be a diet a dietitian, and it was I originally to chronic, like to document the process of being a dietitian, which is extremely hectic. So I ended up not following through with it. And then I wanted to talk about just foods and and cultures because um, in dietetics they talk about food and culture, but mm-hmm. there's kind of like a disconnect. And when you look at like statistics, the big issue or challenge or one challenge we have in the dietetics field is that it's not very diverse. It's predominantly white women Mm -hmm. in the field. And when you look at statistics of who needs or who gets, who are having these health issues, it's minorities or people Mm -hmm. of color. So when you grow up with eating certain types of food and you don't understand a person's food culture, it's very hard to be effective um, as a dietitian and, and then, relate, right? Yeah. And relate. And then another thing too, that happens is that when you're in school, you're the only black person in class. 
and you, you know, people say blanketed statements, you feel or you're told that your food culture is, is not healthy, mm. you know? So I kind of wanted to combat that by having like, you can still explore different culture, cultural foods and still be healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the idea. But then life got crazy. <laughs> and then I noticed that my travel posts got a little bit more traction. So then I took a break from food blogging and decided to do um, travel blogging. Um, and now I'm in the process of kind of merging the two. So the new blog is Do You Salute? And that's going to be um, my food, travel, lifestyle, culture blog. And then Salute Nutrition will be more if you want to do one-on-one consultations mm. to help you individualize. That's, oh, that's the plan eventually. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So um, where'd you get the name Do You Salute from? Um, okay. So as I mentioned before, I'm Haitian. So Salute is like kind of like when you say cheers. And it oh, okay. also comes from the word um, Salud, which is health. So when I, when I did salute nutrition, I wanted it to be kind of like a happy, like, yes, we're cheering to health, like yay nutrition. Like, so cheers to to nutrition. So I decided to just kind of like branch off and do you salute? It's kind of like, what are you doing each day to celebrate, celebrate everyday life? So that is a natural seg to I, the other thing that you've been doing, which you exposed me to, dot journaling. <laughs> oh my God, I love bullet journaling. <laughs> yeah, I like I stumbled upon it. I was telling you, I stumbled upon it in um, September when I was wedding planning. And then mm-hmm. during my honeymoon, I had like all of these ideas of things that I wanted to do. And then um, in December, my best friend, put me on to this person who Amanda Rach Lee, who does um, aesthetic bullet journaling. So she's an artist, like she draws really well and it's just open like this whole new world. So that's kind of like what I do for peace. I'm not a great artist. Like I struggle even to make stick figures, but (laughs) it's, it's, it's one of those things when you're like, not everything, you don't always have to do a hobby to be good at it or perfect you can do it just for the joy of it. So that's something that I do. And I'm, you know, I'm a Capricorn and perfectionist. I like everything to look a certain way and be exact. So that's always a constant struggle. You know, life throws wrenches at you. Like look at what's going on with us right now. So exactly. Bullet journaling has been my way to deal with, you know, um, I found this quote, it was progress over perfection. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, what I got to keep telling myself, progress over perfection, progress over perfection. What advice would you have for people who are, it, it doesn't have to be bullet journaling, um, mm-hmm. but what advice do you have for people who, you know, are, are looking for something to get their mind off of things during this time, especially because I, I feel like you're really in tune to that? First thing I would say is just acknowledge your feelings. Like don't run away from it. Embrace it. Sit with it. Um, and just go through that emotion. It may take you a day. It may take you two days. It may take you a week. But I just mm-hmm. don't run from it. Acknowledge it. I think that's the, the biggest thing. Um, and that was the challenge that I was having because, you know, I abruptly had to, like, work, start work from home. And I didn't have a chance to plan for it. So there was, like, a bunch of things that I needed to do to be there for my patients and then mm-hmm. I kind of put myself off to the side 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think that another point, point that at least from my end, I look at is, you know, you're saying, make sure you take care of yourself. And in some cases, take care of yourself first. But also, as much as you're a support to somebody else, like, identify who your support network is, too. So they can like, for lack of a better term, share the burden, or at least yeah. share um, and give you some relief from that being in your head and being by yourself. Um, yeah, definitely. I think being being mindful too of how you're interacting with other people around you so if you're in self-quarantine you know like acknowledge that other people are dealing with the same thing too or other people are dealing with things and they're dealing with it maybe differently than others so i saw this question circulating i saw this question circulating on Facebook or Instagram, one of the social medias, because I'm spending so much time on them these days. <laughs> name something positive and thinking about reframing our mind. Uh, can you name something positive that has happened during this time of social distancing? So I think it's, it's helping people to think or break out of their box or their thought process. So remote job is something that I've always wanted to entertain the idea of. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, oh, no, it's not possible. It's not possible. And then so I'm remote working right now. So it's like, no, this is really actually possible. Or um, another positive thing, I think it's a wake-up call. I'm hoping that this will help us to know. Like a lot of times we say life is short, but people don't really take it serious that life mm-hmm. really is short. So it's like I don't have time to waste on stupid things. So I'm hoping that this is going to kind of help, you know, people to really be intentional with their time, be mindful absolutely, um, about their environment, how we're treating others. And then other things too that are, is really great is just to see how, um, is just to see how everyone's kind of taking their care of each other, mm-hmm. how many free resources now are available. This one's doing free app until July. This one's doing free this. Everyone's trying is like kind of trying to figure out what they can do to help help each other. So those are that's pretty good. All right, so we've come to the time of the show where we are going to do a table topic, and. For you, uh, Marsha, you know, just so that you know a little bit about this, Table Topics are an opportunity for my guests on the show to drop some knowledge or information in their area of expertise to my listeners. So for you, we've talked a lot about COVID and ways to stay healthy, as well as, um, you know, mentally, spiritually, um, as you said, being kind to yourself. So I thought what we could do is... I rated my cabinets for some of my less than healthy snacks. And um, (laughs) since I have to be very intentional and we all should be very intentional about what we get when we go to the grocery store these days, I thought that we could look at these snacks and you could provide me what's uh, provide me some healthy alternatives. Yes. I provided you the list beforehand and I would love to see what you came up with. The first snack is flaming hot Cheetos. Okay. With the Flaming Hot Cheetos, I thought maybe mango slices with sriracha sauce or any other type of hot sauce. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little more about that. 
Okay. So this is definitely not out of where, like, I didn't come up with this. <laughs> so this is something that's popular, I want to say, in, like, South American culture or at least in the neighborhood that I live in. They cut up mango slices and put it in a Ziploc bag, and then they take hot sauce and put it in the bag, shake it up, and then people eat it like that. Ah, and then it is much healthier. Mm-hmm. That, and I also came up with kale chips. Um with jalapeno pepper or any other type of like chili pepper because i'm assuming the reason why someone would eat flaming hot cheetos is the spicy and the crunchy so you kind of yes. want to get the kale chips will give you that spiciness i mean the crunchy, the crunchy. and then <laughs> the pepper will give you that spice oh i like that so next up would be what about vanilla bean ice cream okay so vanilla bean ice cream i'm thinking or i'm assuming it's more like that creamy texture. Mm-hmm. So you can do a frozen yogurt. You could make your own smoothie. Nice. With like fruits and using like almond milk, Greek yogurt popsicle sticks, or frozen kefir. So kefir is kind of like yogurt, but it's not. It has probiotics, which is very uh. good for your gut health. So that's something that you can do. And then my favorite thing to talk about is chia pudding. So that's... Mm using almond milk or unsweetened almond milk or any other type of dairy that you want or Mm -hmm. dairy alternative, using a couple of tablespoons of chia seeds and then mixing it with like any fruit base that you want. You put it in the fridge for a couple of hours and you can eat that. All right. The third one I have is popcorn. So popcorn actually is not that bad. It depends on how your popcorn is being made. So if you're having just like the regular plain popcorn with no butter and and no salt Mm -hmm. that is actually okay because like i think three cups is a serving so there are some companies that um like skinny pop Mm -hmm. that has their popcorn that doesn't have any extra stuff okay so um another brand i can't remember it has again chia seeds and black pepper seasoning but if you don't if you can't find that because you know nowadays the market you need to be in and out you can buy regular plain popcorn with no butter no salt added and then you could just season it yourself get dried herbs and spices mix it in and have it like that so for example like cinnamon in your popcorn you Mm -hmm. shake it up or rosemary or oregano or black pepper so you can popcorn is actually okay it depends on how it's being made got it okay that's good to know Mm -hmm. all right fourth up is red wine uh, okay. that, that I go through red wine very quickly in this household. We both do. <laughs> so I am a wine lover. I don't think that it's bad to have the red wine. I think it's just being um, in moderation. So mm-hmm. if you want to have like a glass a day, I don't think there's anything really wrong with that. Um, the one thing to it that you should be mindful of, especially right now because we're in quarantine, we got to be careful with our immune system. So you want to... Make sure that you're, you're not doing anything to kind of lower your immune system unnecessarily. So you want to make okay. sure you're drinking your water, you're exercising, and you're not o- overdoing it with the alcohol. So I know some people are doing like shot challenges with like liquor and stuff, and it's kind of like, oh, <laughs> save your liver. Right. <laughs> um, but if you so red wine, I think it's fine if you're doing like a glass a day. If you want to have something that's non-alcoholic, maybe mm-hmm. a pomegranate juice, okay, um, or a grape juice or a cranberry juice, 
you can also do kombucha. Ah, okay. You just want to make sure that the sugar isn't really high. So at my office, we tell our patients, try not to have anything more than 10 grams of sugar per serving. So if you do a kombucha, just make sure that it's like less than 10 grams of sugar per serving. So there's also another company called Owl's Brew. And what Mm -hmm. they do is boozy tea. So it's tea that has alcohol in it, the way it's made. All right. I only have a couple more. Yeah. So cornbread. With cornbread, if you're making it, then you can just switch out some things. So instead of using all-purpose flour, using whole wheat flour or any other type like almond flour or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with the milk. You just switch it out for a healthier alternative. Instead of using sugar, you could probably do an unsweetened applesauce. Okay. The only challenge with if you're doing that is – the amounts. You have to really make sure you research. If you take out sugar, there's a ratio of how much of the applesauce you should be using. And you have to be mindful that the consistency of it is going to not be the same. But another thing you can do is either cut up vegetables and put it in your cornbread, or just be mindful and don't OD in your the portion size of your I regular see. cornbread. You got to live a little. Yeah. Um, <laughs> enjoy your cornbread. Just don't overdo it just have a small piece and just it's not something that you're going to do every day and of course like i mentioned before pair it with something that's healthy so then buffalo wings which um you know i know a lot of people and i which i think is great are supporting local restaurants and things of that nature especially here in philly and um i I know i've seen some of my friends in new york doing the same thing but um i've been eager for like happy hour and so i find myself buying like pizza and wings and things like that. Um, so what are your suggestions there? So if you're going to make make it, you can always do cauliflower wings. Mm-hmm. So that's just, you know, you take the cauliflower, you put some like garlic powder, or you use um, like a nut-based flour and you throw it in the oven. Mm-hmm. You can, your regular wings, you can just bake them instead of frying them. Um, nice. And then also just enjoy your wings. Just pair it with some vegetables or have a salad on the side. Got it. And just don't don't overdo like don't overdo it. Just have maybe four wings and then pair it with a nice bowl of salad. So that way you still get your protein because you want to get your protein and then you have your veggies. Awesome. Yeah, live a little. <laughs> live a little. Enjoy your wings, but just you know think of healthy alternatives. Mm-hmm. So last but not least, uh, every morning, and I actually realized being home how much coffee I actually drink at work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like my coffee with cream and sugar, and I thought that you might have some suggestions for people out there who are also coffee nerds, um, what you would suggest. Um, so if you can look to see if you have a lower fat cream creamer mm-hmm. or substitute it, substitute it with like a almond milk or oat milk or soy milk um if you're drinking and then just not using as much creamer or not using as much sugar if you're not into any of those alternatives so sometimes it's okay to have a small portion of something that's a yellow light or red light item you know Mm -hmm. be mindful of portion another thing too is maybe switching out the coffee for a tea okay and there's also um so the coffee flour, it's only coffee is only using the actual bean, but it doesn't use the other part of the fruit. 
So what happens is there's now tea that uses the rest of the the flower of the coffee. Ah, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's called um, cascara, and I'll, I'll send to you. So it, it's um, pretty much a tea that tastes like coffee, but it's not coffee, it's tea. So that's something that you can do too. Oh, I really didn't know about that. And I want to get into that. So <laughs> yeah, it tastes, it's like a, it's, it tastes like a mild coffee. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, cool. That and also the type of coffee too that you're drinking. So it depends on what flavor you like or, um, but for example, like Ethiopian coffee is very b- full bodied mm-hmm. coffee. So that's something that you wouldn't really want to put creamer and coffee, um, sugar in. You just enjoy it black with it because of the flavor that it has. Yeah. And you know, one tip I learned when I lost a lot of weight for my wedding, you always, Mm -hmm. you always lose weight for the wedding, um, (laughs) is a little bit of cinnamon, uh, mimics the sweetness. Yes. Flavoring it, putting the cinnamon in it can definitely help. Thank you so much for being here today, Marsha, a.k.a. Thank you Summer. Thank you. <laughs> Someone will call me. <laughs> Thank you. So if my listeners want to find you, read your blog or follow you on social media, how do they get in touch? My blog is doyousalute.com. So it's D-O-Y-O-U-S-A-L-U-T. .com and then you can find me on Instagram as well under do you salute and my consultation page is salute nutrition so that would be s a l u t nutrition awesome thanks all right thank you so much for having me